Hi, I'm Dana Abramovitz, Seven Investing Lead Advisor. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. Um, and I'm talking today with Al Altamari, um, who is CEO of Agile Therapeutics. Welcome, Al. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Dana. Glad to be here. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about um, Agile Therapeutics. I know that you're focused on women's health. Um, I'm a woman. Women's, you know, healthcare in general is important to me, but certainly, you know, women's health. And so, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what Agile Therapeutics does and a little bit, you know, more about um, your story. Great. Sounds great. Let's have a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, can you tell me a little bit more about um, Agile Therapeutics and, you know, like the, the type of area that you've been focused in and what exactly you guys do? Sure. So, Agile Therapeutics is, like you said, we are a women's healthcare company. So, um, think of us as an investor, I guess I'll put an investor's perspective. Think of us as the way maybe Warner Chilcott or Allergan's first started. You know, um, we want to be a company that both develops drugs, identifies drugs that are important to women, but ultimately market the drugs, you know, and bring them to market. Um, so we see ourselves in that space of being drug developers first, regulatory people, you know, and then ultimately commercial people. So that's, I can't see us really doing really basic drug discovery. I don't, I don't think that's our capability or nor it should be. Um, so, you know, we want to identify important drugs for women, you know, um, it, you know, probably in, it's therapeutics or drugs. Uh, we've also considered whether we look at devices, say, you know, because that's a big part of women's health. I think we could probably get our mind around that. I, I doubt we'll be a consumer company. I just think that's a whole different competency. Day, and I, don't, I can't see us being. A, so I think we want to be a therapeutic company, maybe a device company serving the needs of women and more than likely through through her OBGYN. You know, so most of these drugs and most of these treatments go through OBGYN. So I think that's what we see Agile Therapeutics and, you know, addressing unmet needs developing therapeutics or, or devices and serving a woman in partnership with more than likely her OBGYN. Um, so that's where we see our mission. We've chosen contraception as our first stop along that journey, um, you know, because that was the way the company was founded. It was founded with a patch technology or transdermal patch that was developed here in New Jersey. Um, and that went on to be Agile Therapeutics. So in contraception, we think is, you know, an important market. It's a big market. It's probably most on a volume base or dollars basis, probably one of the biggest markets to tackle, but that's not the reason we did it. We just saw there was unmet needs. So we said our product fits unmet needs. So it's sort of a win-win for us. We said, that's our first product. Let's cut our teeth there and let's go after a big market with real innovation and we're still needs in the marketplace. So that's how we got to contraception as our first target. But hopefully as we grow, we'll be in other areas of medicine or other therapeutic categories besides contraception. Nice. Yeah. You know, you, you said something about, you know, um, you know, the market and, and focusing on women and, you know, certainly, um, you know, contraception is, is really important. Um, but mm -hmm. then also, you know, like understanding your market and, you know, the convenience, um, and, mm -hmm as being, you know, somebody who, um, who has taken, um, various forms of birth control, um, in my life, you know, having a patch and, and, you know, something that you don't have to think about or worry about, you know, as frequently right. 
taking a you know a daily pill um you know just fits the lifestyle of women um and so you know and it's interesting that you had talked about you know the patch and then moving into the area of a medical device um and so it'd be interesting to see how you figure in um you know just kind of the needs of of women you know your right. um to give them what they need yeah, it's, it's important. I mean, you know, contraception, you know, like is um, an important field. I mean, I was privileged enough to work, run J&J's business. It was a business called Ortho. So I, you know, little, 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 little secret. It was the biggest company inside J&J at the time. It was the biggest women's healthcare company in the world sitting inside the world's biggest baby company. So but think, <laughs> think of that as an irony. So, but, but when I was there, I learned a lot about this market. I mean, you know, and how important because, you know, these choices for women are important. I, you know, I, I, I am not a woman, so I, it's hard. To, I try to relate through through the market research and having a really understanding the market. But these are fundamentally the most important choices women make about their pregnancies, if they want to get pregnant someday, but when, where. And it has such far reaching implications to a woman with her career, her, her, her econ or not economic future. So, and then the data, I think the data, Dana, that's stuck in my head and it's been there for years is that 50% of the pregnancies with young women are thought to be on un, untimed or, you know, um, that's an important, important metric in my head, because that tells me that these drugs may not be perfect yet. Something's not right. When, if you use these drugs properly, you know, and every day or every, in our case, once a week, they're virtually flawless. I mean, they are, these are close to as hundred percent medicines you get. I mean, so to say, well, 50% failure rate of these products tells us there's some, something not right. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, the family planning community thinks that the drug that you select at this moment of your life is the one you'll more than likely attend, you know, use right. And if it's a pill, it's a pill. If it's a patch, it's a patch. If it's a vaginal ring, it's a vaginal ring. I mean, so giving you choices that you buy into that fit your lifestyle at that moment is the winning recipe. But what we're finding is the pills aren't the answer. It, you know, over and as somebody who marketed pills for a living, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, we were the market leader. I mean, we sold 40, 40 to 50 percent of the pills in the country when I was running that business were from us. Almost half the market we owned. So we were at a leader. So and then we learned it. It's not working. So that's what we learned. Yeah. So that's that's the problem we're trying to solve for women, giving women choices, giving good choices, fitting that need for something other than a daily therapy and giving the woman comfort comfort that it's the right choice for her. Good. And, you know, like, I like that you recognize that you're not a woman, um, you know, but, you know, like, I, I know that, you know, you recently an announced a partnership with a very strong yep. woman, um, you know, who is advocating for women's health and, you know, just, you know, like, you know, listening to, um, you know, the, the, the female population to really understand their needs. And, you know, how, how are you taking that um, into consideration um, as you're, you know, moving your business? Yeah, I mean, not being a woman, you learn to be, you better be a good listener then because you've got to <laughs> learn the market, right? No, but, you know, we're, we're proud. I mean, it starts with the leadership of the company, the, the women that make the, you know, the people that make the day-to-day -day decisions in my company, you know, marketing this, you know, my head of marketing, uh, Amy Welsh, my head of sales, Laura, you know, I mean, I'm surrounded with some of the best and brightest women executives that, you know, are, I think are extremely talented. I, I say my job is to be the, <laughs> to raise, as you know, and you've been in these shoes and you, you, you know, you, you help develop the strategy for the company, help raise money for the company, capitalize the company and hope you surround yourself with great people. 
So we, we take pride in the, our executive leadership. Uh, my board wasn't very diverse when one public and there's a long reason for that, but it's still unacceptable. So that's changed. Four of our seven board members are now female, which is we're very proud of. Um, and then also like as not being in the target myself, I better listen to the market research and put people like Pandy around me that really ought to have a better. So we have a, a good reach of both market research, partnerships, so that we we hear the voices of women and you know and again um, I think we're doing a good job there you know but it took us a while it took us a while to build the diversity in the company and build the, the platform of the company but uh, we got there we got there and then my job is to keep it there. Good for you. That 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 makes me happy. Um, that makes me happy to hear. Um, you well, know, I have, I have to note, but it's, it's I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, like I have two daughters, you know, that are in the workforce right now. I, I don't have sons. I have daughters, you know. So this is per deeply personal to me too. I mean, I want the world to be hopefully a more inviting place than it was when I first started for both men and women. So um, so this you know this is just a little besides a product. It's it's on a personal level. So I, I think with seeing my divorce, my daughter has developed. My one daughter is an entrepreneur, um, and you know building her own business, and which is fantastic. And my other daughter's you know works in a corporate setting, and her husband's an entrepreneur. So I have this blend of seeing you know um, the new generation of women you know move forward, and hopefully it'll hopefully we leave the world a better place for the next generation. Nice. Um, you know, I, I love that you said that because, you know, people who have seen me, um, you know, talk about the diff my different recommendations know that, you know, I really like companies that um, are working to make the world a little bit better. So, um, you know, love that, the, you know, that's important to you as well. And that's something that you're, you're working towards. We're chipping um, away at it. We're chipping it away at it little by little. We're getting, like, there. That, We're that, getting that, there. That's, that's, that's all we can do. That, that, right. really, that, that really is all that we can do. Um, and, you know, even having conversations like, you know, we are now so that, you know, people know that, um, you know, know about you and know about Agile Therapeutics and know that you are trying to make the world a better place. Um, you did talk about, um, or you mentioned partnerships. Um, and mm -hmm. so just, you know, like expanding into the biotech space and, you know, in general, so the, the industry in which you're in, you know, are um, a lot of partnerships happening? You know, what, what is going on in the market in general, especially in, you know, a post-COVID landscape, you know, the partnerships, cons consolidation, you know, where do you see, yeah. you know, us now and moving into the future. Well, I'm privileged to be not only at Agile, but I, I sit as a director on two other publicly traded companies. So, um, you know, I, I, what I like in these companies, I should say what I like is, um, I love these young biotech companies that are, you know, grew up as say R&D companies that want to say, should I commercialize? Shouldn't I commercialize? I love that decision point of time when these come up to that crossroads and saying, what, what do I want to be when I grow up? In Agile's case, we decided to launch a product, but so I love those decisions. So I think in I, what I see in biotech in general is that most companies, including ourselves, realize we can't and shouldn't be building a lot of overhead. You know, we're just basically a lot of us are one product companies. So we, we use a more of a virtual model, you know. Um, so first of all, to in our case, like our sales force is rented. You know, I hate to say it, this sounds impersonal, but it's a rented sales force, you know, because we don't we don't want that infrastructure just yet. We can't afford it, you know. Um, so that's number one. I think selecting the, the infrastructure partners is critically important and saying, what do we want to do? What do we want to be good at? You know, we want to be good at drug development. We want to be good at, you know, financing the company. We want to be good at marketing, you know, everything else will we'll, we'll partner. So I think that putting together the mosaic of 
the right partnerships for your company is thinks the first thing. And then it is you, you then it, to execute your plan, you know, for us, you know, with somebody like Pandia, um, Dr. Yen is phenomenal. You know, her crap, her charisma and what she, we just fell in love with her. She's, she's a woman executive. I believe she's the first woman that started a telemedicine business. She's a doctor herself. So we're going to grow with her. They're small. And we could, everybody says, well, why don't you go one of the bigger play people? Because I get lost in the big places, you know? So we're, we're, we're equal size. We're going to grow together. And we have a commitment to, you know, growing. So I think selecting the right partners in biotech is also critically important. Is Are you a good cultural match? Um, we have another partnership with um, um, Sterling, you know, that actually helps in tele-distributing the drugs. So if a doctor wants to, you know, um, if a patient wants the drug delivered to their home, we tell doctors, just send it to us. But, you know, right now insurance is tough, you know, for young companies. So tell us, Sterling can help us, you know, the insurance side and making sure these the, the, the patients get paid. So we we just pick our battles, if you will. What 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 do we do, you know, and surround ourselves with a network of great, great people that believe in our mission and that we can grow with. So I think that's the trick in biotech. Like, what do you want to be yourself? What do you want to partner with and picking your partners? And, and, and um, I think the biotech companies that have done that successfully, you know, have proven to be great, ultimately the better model. And then over as you grow and get bigger, maybe you bring in some of this, you know, these services yourself and you can do things more yourself. But I, I advocate for do less at the beginning, do less yourself, rely on other people's partnerships. They, they, they might have more experience in the marketplace. Our contract sales force came from Sineos, right? Sineos has got, you know, thousands of reps on the street, hundreds of contracts. What makes me think I could hire reps as fast and as good as them? And, and but, but more than more real is what, what, what were they dealing with with COVID that we can learn from? So not only it's the partnership, but it's, it's the advice you get from these partners, uh, Dana, that's also equally as great. So I think biotechs is a business of vir being virtual, generally startup biotechs, you know, um, with a core of great management at the center of it, and that they're outsourcers, you know, and then they pick partnerships that help enhance their business models. So I think they, the more we can kind of leave our egos aside and build partnerships, I think the better we're going to be, you know, and then, then walk, walk before you run, you know, cut your teeth. And then if you want to get bigger, bring someone to the inside, then do it from a position of strength and knowledge, not because your ego says to do it. If that really, makes sense. I, I, I really like that. Um, you know, and it's just, so, you know, I'm, I'm a startup person myself, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, normally like, you know, really early stage, so really small. Um, but you know, like, you know, that same level of thinking of, you know, like I can only do so much, right. I, I have to choose where I want to go. And, you know, I only have so many resources. And so, you know, finding those partnerships to best utilize the resources that you have. And I love that you're, you know, taking all of that into consideration as you're managing the overall business. Um, you know, just, you know, it, it sounds, it sounds like, you know, it's, it's very well run, which is, which is great. So kudos to you for no, we, we can get better. We can always get better. One of the yeah. things that I don't know, you probably do the same too, is like, I don't know, I, I'm quick to call other CEOs and probably, you know, what look for best practices, ideas. I mean, when I'm on somebody else's board, I am just learning as much as I'm giving. And yeah. when people are on my board, I'd like to think the same thing. So I think one of the things I find interesting, I don't know if you would agree, but I, I think the biotech community is incredibly collaborative. You know, like when I was at J&J, &J, if I called one of my competitors, I'd probably walk the door. 
because I did something wrong. Not here, not here. You know, I call my competitors and my partners, other people with other fields, and we're always exchanging ideas and best practices and people and vendors or suppliers and who do you use for this? It, it's incredibly collaborative. Again, I think the best leadership teams are the ones that have humility. They pick up the phone and ask for help. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't have all the answers, so we don't have it. So we're really quick to be out there with our peers and look for ideas. So we don't have the corner on ideas. And then we pivot. We're good at pivoting. We're like, that didn't work. Let's pivot. As you probably see in these young companies, you gotta, you gotta have the humility to say, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> let's try something different. Or it is work. And then let's play odd hand. Let, yeah. Let's play odd hand. Yeah, no, it's, you know, and it's, it's nice. So, so I'm actually a scientist by training and just, you know, that, that collaborative nature, you know, just like mm -hmm. you know, we're all kind of working together to find an answer. And so it's, it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, that it's still happening in the biotech industry and that, that yeah. people collaborating. And, and I think that goes, you know, like just in, in terms of science and, you know, scientific research and, you know, the way things are peer reviewed and, you know, conferences and just sharing data and publishing and, and just all of that, um, you know, kind of helps create that, that environment, but, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Um, and, you know, I, again, you know, trying to make the world a better place, you know, realizing that, um, you can't necessarily do it by yourself and, and you need that help and that, that, that partnership. Um, so I'm just going to switch now to, you know, like where we are in the market. So, you know, um, um, me personally, um, you know, Seven Investing focuses on um, long-term investing um, and mm -hmm. subscribers do as well. Um, you know, the, the biotech market, you know, like, you know, from the you know, stock market perspective, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit crazy. Um, you know, it's, it's, and it's, you know, really challenging for people who, aren't necessarily part of this industry to understand right. what's what's going on. Um, and, and I know that you've, you know, like you have a drug um, that, you know, went through FDA approval and, you know, has have an experience with that. I don't know if you'd like to share, but, you know, just like helping, you know, people who are outside of the industry understand the industry from a market perspective. No, it's a super question. I mean, um, I guess my philosophy, you can agree to disagree. I think by the first thing you said about your, you know, um, I think the biotech industry is a long industry. It's a hard, meaning a long bet. You know, my personal opinion is, you know, these, these models take a while to develop. I don't think we, you know, we're not, we're not like an over-the-counter business. Let's, let's compare my launch to say, I worked in Neutrogena for a lot of years. So I, my, I reported in the, the head of Neutrogena. So if they want to launch a product, right, they, they go out, develop it. There's no regulatory process. They do great advertising, great formulation. But from idea to market could be six months. And then, you know, they turn on their TV commercials and their sales could be rocketing in less than a year, less than a year. I mean, that's incredible. Um, our business takes a while to develop. I mean, we've got to introduce our product to the doctors. Like consumers just can't walk in and buy our product twirl off the shelf. There's got to be somebody called a doctor who feels comfortable and doctors don't want to just start writing drugs that they don't have experience with. And, you know, so almost by definition, we're a long term investment, you know, and then there's just not a lot like we don't have a lot of noise or milestones, you know, generally, you know, we don't have a lot of catalysts, you know, along the way. So I think investors have got to be, I think, a little bit patient with these biotech companies. And, you know, the and I find the institutional investors are much longer, right? They understand it. So, um, 
you know, so it's, it's really, I think it's an, a challenging industry to, to play short-term investing on, you know, cause you, you know, you know, the milestones don't come by very often and they kind of come and go so quick and, you know, so it's almost a hard industry to bet on in the early stages, you know, like ourselves, you know, to, so I think people that buy like a stock and an agile almost have to know where we are in our journey and kind of be able to use our metrics and see what a win really looks like, you know, versus say, um, I don't know, an Amgen who's much more developed, right? And you could look at them more, more, you know, as a fundamental stock and saying, well, they earn so much EBITDA and things like that. So our metrics are a little fuzzy. So it takes a little bit of patience as an investor, but the upsides can be enormous though, right? That's the, the, the so the, if you bet on a more mature stock, the upsides are generally incremental, right? You can say, hey, I earn 15%, 20% a year and I outperform the indexes. You know, in a biotech, you, you catch the right one, you can, if you were patient and hung around for a couple of years, you can catch 3X, 5X, you know? I mean, you can catch a really fun ride. And then, then you know, the, the other thing investors think about too at our space and, you know, is our, are we going to consolidate? Is somebody going to acquire us? You know, because that's we do run the field of dreams. If you build it, hopefully they'll come. I mean, uh, part of the, the the appeal of biotech is, hey, a big big guy or big woman can come and take you out. You know, and that's part of our thesis. I mean, we got to call it for what it is. But what I've seen is that buyouts aren't happening as fast. Big pharma is saying, you just run those little companies for a while, do a little heavy lifting, and I'll buy you later. And I'll pay you a lot of money later, but I think we're having to stay around a lot longer. So that's got to go into an investor's thesis. So that's a complicated model I think, that investors have just got to dig into, understanding the industry, understanding the space we're in, understand the specific stock. And almost by definition, by time doing a diligence, it's, you're going to be a long-term investor anyhow, because it takes a while. So, you know, that's, so that's part of the trick with biotech. So I think the funds that are long, that understand the dynamics, I think ultimately win because they're patient. They're a little bit more patient. They get, they can hang around and get to that big payout. And, you know, when the drugs really do unlock. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, you know, it, it, we talk a lot about, um, you know, just, you know, people looking at the market daily, you know, there's always this chatter about, you know, like, you know, like this stuff's up this, you know, um, I know. Uh, yeah, right. It drives me crazy. It drives yeah. me crazy. <laughs> me too. You know, like, and I, you know, I like on my watch. You know, I'll get this. You know, you know, alert, alert. And I'm just like, I don't, like, I don't care. You know, like I, you know, the no. way my approach is, you know, like I, I, you know, do the diligence. I, you know, I look. I, I have my thesis, and you know, as long as things, you know, go, I, I don't think about it. Um, you know, and and so I wonder, you know, as as the CEO of, of Agile Therapeutics, like, you know, does that influence you at all? I mean, like, you know, I, I couldn't imagine the level of stress some days. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, like I, my typical day, maybe a day in my life, I start up with a nice cup of coffee and I'm like, I, I flip back and forth between a news channel and squawk box. First thing I look at is what's my day going to be like? Because <laughs> the macros, you know, like, yeah. you know, like if, if something's bad in the big picture, it usually hits these young companies hard. So like, you know, from a, you know, like from a beta when we were taught beta, right? So bad news hits us hard, hard. So like if the market's down 5%, we could be down 20%. You know what I mean? There's an amplification on the downside. And on the upside, we don't generally participate in the upsides as much. So like if, if, it's, a, if, it's, a, if it's a red day, I'm going to have a bad day. I know it's going to be a bad day. So I think, if, you know, it's, it, 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 I wish I could tell you I'm more mature, but I'm not, you know, like uh, I look at the, the, the macros 
because I just got to be ready for what my day is going to be like. Um, I tend to look at my peers. I look at the other stocks in my class. And is it just me? Is it going on? So I try to look at that and say, is this? And look what we saw this year. Like the, there's a, a, a you know, a, in mid-February 15th, I don't know what, what happened, but there's just a mass exodus out of the small biotech stocks. Small and mid-cap got crushed. And we got crushed harder, you know? So I, you know, money just moved out of small biotech. So now, you know, you know, so part of our stock is, is us, our execution, but a hard part of it's an overall macro environment. So my job is to understand the macros and saying, okay, what's what's the market? What's me? So I think, so for me, you know, I got caught in the downdraft of the, the macros. And look, our product got ahead of us. I mean, the expectations of our product, you know, people thought we were going to put up more numbers faster. And I, you know, we never gave guidance. So shame on me, shame on me, that got ahead of me. So we've been battling of trying to say, look, we're on plan where we want, wanted to be. So that's, you know, so that's my typical day. You know, I wish I could tell you I'm, I, I could put away to, and don't look at it. I, unfortunately I do, you know, but I try to be big picture. I'd look at the big picture and then I'll say the class. And then, you know, I was taught when I was at J&J, just look at yourself in the mirror. And if you feel good at running your business, then don't care about your share price. I feel great. I feel great. And I feel like we're doing the right things and, you know, long-term we're doing the right things. And, you know, would I like to see our stock price better? Sure, I would. Sure, I would. But first and foremost, I got to be happy with myself in the morning that my running this business thoughtfully for the long term. And I am. I feel great about it. And I feel like we're, we got a growing brand and we're doing great and we're on a journey. We're on a journey. And so far, so good. That That is wonderful. Um, yeah. And it, it sounds like you're on, you know, a, a great journey and you've kind of positioned yourself to, you know, grow into it. You've done that work to kind of determine, you know, what you guys want to be when you grow up, or at least, you know, create some options. Um, mm -hmm. because, you know, like as a teenager, you don't necessarily know what it is that you want to do and you have that ability to change, um, you know, and your, your name says it all, you know, just that, that agility to be able to kind of, um, you know, pivot and, and adjust and grow. Um, and, you know, listening to your, um, your market and your consumers, um, you know, to be able to do that. Yeah. And like the big picture, like, if we had this conversation 10 years ago, I would have said there's 20 big pharmaceutical companies that are interested in women's health. The sad part is they're not, there's maybe five, you know? So, you know, the pendulum swung from the big companies, like at the time when I was at J&J &J running this field, they, they, they got not interested in this. It's a shame for women, you know? So the pendulum swung, swung back to the little companies like ourselves that are trying to create new products and things like that. You know, I, I think this, you know, the more we're successful, I think we'll get back on the radar of these big companies. And, you know, I think the field needs to have some big and little companies. The little companies are more innovative. The big companies can sell better. So I think there needs to be more of a, you know, I think that it needs to come back to center. So it whips sold from all big to all yeah. little now. So I think it's got to come back. And I'm hopefully we'll be part of that, you know. So I think we're hopefully we're one of the leaders. And right now, market's talking to us. We got to launch this product and show everybody that we can, we know what we're doing. And then, yeah. then we'll let the chips fall where they may with the big companies or stay out here and continue to develop this company. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like you're taking a great approach. Um, and you, know, I look forward to, you know, seeing where your journey leads. Well, thank you, Dana. It was fun. You know, every day's an adventure. <laughs> yeah, like thank that. you for reaching out to us. So we, we enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, no, it was lovely. Thank you so much. 
Um, all right, well, thank you. Um, so our conversation with Al Altamari um, from Agile Therapeutics. Um, I am Dana Abramovitz, Seven Investing Lead Advisor. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. Thanks for watching. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.